Hey, Chirocasters. I love rainbows and waterfalls, two of my favorite things. The key with finding those two things, the rainbows and waterfalls, is you got to look for them, right? They don't just come. You have to kind of find them and know where to look for them. And same thing with great sponsors and great businesses, right? You got to look for them and search for them. And I've already done that for you. And that's why I recommend the three sponsors that I usually talk about. Chiro Right, Now You Know, and Preferred Chiropractic Doctor. And now, here's the podcast. All right, when and how? Investigation into this new field of human study of the unity of innate intelligence within its human living body demands new answers to many interesting conclusions. The man who begins this kind of study is a pioneer in his broadest sense, for it opens a new philosophy, science, and art in the study of living man. That there is a universal intelligence which many call God, which regulates worlds for all time, is obvious, is conceded by all. When and how does universal intelligence take cognizance of a newborn babe? When and how does universal intelligence become innate intelligence in the unit? When and how does it enter and take possession of the newborn babe? What transition, if any, occurs when universal intelligence becomes innate intelligence? Does it lose its universal intelligence characteristics when it becomes innate intelligence? Does it retain all the universal intelligence characteristics in the unit, regardless whether the unit be vegetable, insect, reptile, bird, fish, quadruped, or biped called man? <clears throat> now, these are very challenging questions that BJ posed in The Bigness of Fell Within uh, from 1949. And honestly, I don't have any answers for you. Um, but I want to make you think about something else that I think is relevant to this. <clears throat> and that is, um, are, are you a rainbow finder? I don't know about you guys, but I'm a, I'm a rainbow finder. I love rainbows and waterfalls. It's two of my favorite things to look at. Um, I don't know how many of you guys last night were looking at the weather. Did any of you guys notice what was going on last night? You know, after the rain around maybe 5.30 or, or so, did the sky turn a really odd color, right? Perfect time for a rainbow. So I don't know if you can see this. I know it's kind of faint, but this is a rainbow outside my office right here. Um, and the, there's a way to find a rainbow, right? And I'm going to give you this technology because I have found many, many rainbows over the course of my life. And it's really fun to find a rainbow. And my staff knows that I'm a rainbow finder. So what I literally did, I was looking outside the window as patients are walking in. I'm like, what a bizarre color. I said, I have to go outside. And in the middle of patients, I just left, walked outside and looked right there. And there was the rainbow. Because sometime around 5 and 7 o'clock at night, after it's rained, but the sun is still out, and generally the sky looks a little different than its normal look, that's the time. And you look to the west. Because when the sun is down, it's coming down like this, and it's still raining, now the sun is going to pass through the raindrops, and it's the ideal time to find the rainbow. So if you find that you don't, haven't seen a whole lot of rainbows in your life, uh, this is what you're missing, right? Is the trick, right? So now you know the trick. I taught my son this, and around the same time that I was about to go out, he texted me. He said, Dad, there's a rainbow. Um, so we're always going back and forth, like, who's, who's going to find the rainbow first, right? So, so this is last night's rainbow, right over here, right? And so I, I love rainbows. I think they're magical, right? Um, and I think being a rainbow finder is kind of like Zig Ziglar talks about being a good finder, right? When you're a rainbow finder, you're, you're, you're in a storm, right? It's still raining, but you're looking for the good, right? And it really depends on what, what the question really, I think BJ was asking is, what are you looking for, right? What are you looking for? Are you looking for the good in everything? 
or you're looking for the bad. So like here's another example. Over the weekend, uh, I was speaking in Chicago, and one of the things we do everywhere we go, well, there's two things we do, no matter where we go, um, travel. Number one is where's the Whole Foods? First question, where's Whole Foods? Uh, that's a very important thing. Uh, so in Chicago, we went, we went to the, we were about to go to Whole Foods, but on the way, we stopped by, and because the, the second thing is always, where's the waterfall? Right? Almost every city has a waterfall somewhere in it. Now, this isn't a spectacular waterfall, but it was still a waterfall nonetheless, uh, in Chicago, Waterfall Glen. So I love taking pictures of waterfalls and listening to them. The sound of a waterfall is, to me, and the sight of it is as magical as looking at a rainbow, right? So this was, um, this was in Chicago last weekend. Here's a rainbow over my office a couple of months ago with my associate, Dr. Jen. And here's uh, the rainbow right there. You can see, another, this is a gorgeous rainbow. I should have put another picture in it. This is a, like a huge full rainbow. And then later on became a double rainbow. And I just, I just love this. It's just like, you look at this and to me, I see this, it's like good luck is in store for you when you see like a rainbow right there. Uh, here's a waterfall, we went to Minnesota. So on the way to Whole Foods in Minnesota, uh, we, we saw there was a beautiful waterfall right in the center of downtown uh, that I thought was really gorgeous. And then uh, here's, uh, we spoke in Portland. So uh, this is uh, uh, another um, absolutely gorgeous waterfall in Portland, which is quite famous. You may have seen this bridge uh, and this uh, waterfall. It's like a double waterfall in Portland. Um, here's another gorgeous rainbow uh, that was right by Merchants Walk Whole Foods. You can see over here, and it's a double rainbow. You can see a very faint version over here, right? <clears throat> and you have to look for these things, right? That's the thing, and that's what it is about being a good finder, right, is you gotta look for these things. You wanna find the waterfalls? They're not in this just the ideal part of town. You gotta find them, right? Like who would have thought in the center of Chicago there's a waterfall? Who would have thought right in the middle of Minneapolis, Minnesota, there's a waterfall? <clears throat> you gotta look for them. Who would have thought that you gotta look up <clears throat> to find a rainbow, but if you know the technology, if you know, hey, it's between five and seven o'clock at night, it just rained, it's still raining a little bit, the sun is down, and the sun's like this, and you just gotta look yourself to the west, right? Because if you don't look to the west, you're driving east, you're not gonna see it. So being a good finder, being a rainbow finder, a waterfall finder, means you gotta search, right? You gotta find what's good out there, right? <clears throat> and here's one of my favorites of all time in Banff, Canada, uh, two years ago, um, here's a rainbow and a waterfall. So you can see the waterfall's crashing over here and here's a rainbow right within the waterfall. Right? So that's like the ultimate, right? To find two and one was this, the coolest thing. Hard to get a picture of it because the rainbow was like coming and going and stuff, uh, but it was it's so magnificent you know, to see this kind of stuff. And to me, this is, this is what BJ was talking about when he talks about universal intelligence and innate intelligence. This is intelligence in action, right? But the thing is, is that just like all the other things we've been talking about this quarter, there's clues. You gotta follow the clues. If you don't find the, if you don't follow the clues, you're not gonna find the rainbows. If you don't follow the clues, you're not gonna find the waterfalls. You have to follow the clues. It takes effort. I know that. I get that. It takes effort to go through this program and to be in tenth quarter and have OSCEs and boards and all this other stuff that you gotta go through and soft tissue A and B and you know, all the stuff that you guys gotta like pile yourselves through and still be able to be a rainbow finder. But you're not doing it. You're not doing it just to, you're not doing what you're doing to get grades or even just to graduate. You're doing it for something in the future, right? There's a future pull. Have you ever heard that saying? There's a future pull. There's something in the future that's pulling you forward like this. And for me, that future pull is the kids. 
right? So every time I see a waterfall, every time I see a rainbow, I think of the kids. I think of the beautiful kids. So we had a, this beautiful young child come in on, on Monday uh, and uh, has all kinds of developmental issues and stuff. Um, but the child is the most gorgeous child with the most, he's, he's eight months old, this cherub of a face, this little angel. And even I've only adjusted him a few times and the parents are already saying like unbelievable changes. Like the kid was having all trouble, uh, kinds of trouble pooping. Guess what he's doing now? Pooping, right. The kid was having all kinds of trouble sleeping. Guess what he's doing now? He's sleeping better. It's like over and over and over. But I'm a rainbow finder. This is what I find. This is what I do, right? This is what I expect. I expect when a kid comes into my practice or all kinds of problems, I expect this to happen, right? And the thing that I think is super cool by this expectation is I give the expectation, my energy of expectation flows into the patient, whether they are a little baby or they're an adult or anything in between. <clears throat> and that to me, I think is so important because it depends on what, what are you holding in your brain when you're adjusting them, right? What are you telling them when you're adjusting them, right? I, so when I talk, there was another, I had a, a, a child last, yesterday, um, a new patient, she was autistic, 100% nonverbal autistic girl. She has a tendency to hit herself and do self-harming behaviors, which is not an unusual thing in a child with autism. So I, literally, I, I, the intern did a, a, a history, I came in to start doing the exam, and the intern said I was watching her hit herself like this, full force, like this, she's a 10-year-old girl, punching herself like this, and the mom and the dad have to restrain her. <clears throat> and um, I said, oh, that's okay, I've, I've seen this before, not my first time. Um, so I went in, in there, and she, the girl was doing it to herself, and she was throwing herself on the ground, and she was literally running, smashing into the exam room wall with her head, like running and going boom, like this, with her head. This is just what a lot of these children do. <clears throat> um, because they can't feel themselves. They can't find themselves. They're so disconnected that the only way they can connect is actually to cause themselves physical pain. That's the only way they can, they can figure out that, like, to, to like, where am I, where am I, where am I? Doof. Oh, okay, here I am, right? That's why they do this. Now, the parents didn't know that. I explained, I said, do you, and they're, they're apologizing, I'm so sorry. I mean, don't be sorry, don't be sorry. I get where she's coming from, I get where you're coming from, it's totally fine, right? I've seen this a zillion times before. And, as I'm doing my exam, I'm speaking very, very softly to her. Because like the parents are like, I don't know if you're going to touch her. I said, don't, don't worry, I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm doing my exam and she calms down because I'm speaking in a very, like what's my intent, right? I'm totally calm. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. I, I say, and I'm whispering to her, can I look at your hands? Right, because I want to do some print reflexes. And I, I took, she gives me her hand very gently and I started massaging her hand. And that's what she wanted. She wanted someone to squeeze, right? That's some kids on the spectrum, they want that. So I squeezed their hands. And then she, after that, no more, bat, you know, no more head banging, no more anything. She was like putty in my hands. Whatever I asked her to do, she did, right? She, <clears throat> I was working on different feet, uh, God bless her, different reflexes on her feet and on her, her legs and stuff. And she would just, she just, she kept, after I started working on her, she would do this with her foot, lift up her leg and put it into my face. And I was just, I said, you want me to massage your foot? Okay, no problem. No problem, I'm gonna massage your foot. So almost the whole exam I spent <clears throat> working on her, I was either massaging her feet or her hands. And, so, and she was totally fine and placid and the parents are like, because nobody, all the other you know, people who probably interact with her 
I'll just like get her to calm down, right? You just tell her to sit down and hold on to her and then I'll do my stuff, right? But that's not how you, that's not how you find a rainbow, right? You know, if you want to find a rainbow and you're looking to the east, good luck. Because the rainbow is not going to be that way. The rainbow is going to be opposite, right? You've got to look where the sun is shining, right? You can't look at the sun because at the sun, there won't be any rainbow. But you look at the other direction, you have to look for the rainbow. You have to find the waterfall, right? So when I look at this little girl, I'm looking for the rainbow. I'm not looking at the behavior, right? So the behavior of the thunderstorm or whatever that was scary, some, you know what I'm saying? That I'm not looking at. I'm looking for the rainbow. So with this little girl, it was so neat to see her completely calm down. And that's like any of us can do this. Any of you guys you know, can do this. It's just a matter of are you willing to look, right? What, what do you spend your time during your adjustment doing? And I know your adjustments are very long. Right? Mine are very short. Yours are very long. I get that. So, but what do you spend your time doing? Do you spend your time talking about the weather and talking about the Braves and talking about the Falcons and talking about Georgia? And I know you need some filler. I get that. Right? I totally understand that. But as you're doing all this, this nonsensical filling talk as you're waiting to get the person adjusted, can you please add some chiropractic in there? Because they don't know. And once they leave you, they will not hear any. Right? So the only time they ever get a chance to hear chiropractic is in your presence. Could you please give them some? Make that your point. Make that a game. Right? So if you're talking about the Braves, say, you know the Braves have their own official chiropractor? You're talking about the weather, you say, you know, when it rains like it's raining today, like if the, the moisture actually gets into your joints and does irritate things, especially subluxations, could you bring that up every time somehow, bring chiropractic into it? Not just, how are you feeling, numbers one through 10, right? That's not chiropractic. Chiropractic isn't how you're feeling. Chiropractic is about performance, is about being the best you, you can be, right? It's about finding the rainbows, right? It's about giving the person hope, right? With, so with this, this little new patient, these, both these new, new patients this week, that was the whole point, is give them hope. I want them to see the waterfalls and the rainbows, even in the tragically difficult situation that they're both dealing with, right? I want them to be able to see that kind of stuff. And I ask you guys to do the same.